Well, hello and welcome to the Landis Grow podcast. We are so happy that you are here. Today, we have a very special guest and I will let Tim introduce himself um, and tell us a little bit more about what we're going to be talking at today. We're going to be talking about just really non-traditional ag students and how we continue to get students that are not of a farming background involved in ag. So let's kick it off. My name is Kevin Anderson. I am one of two agriculture teachers here for Des Moines Central Campus, which is part of Des Moines Public Schools. I teach the animal science side and I've got a colleague named Heidi Mant who teaches horticulture and together we advise FFA. Um, probably many of your listeners are somewhat familiar yeah, with FFA. Sure. Um, as well as Manners. So we've got two leadership organizations out here. Okay. Um, I've been here for eight years now and Heidi's been here for three. And this is one of the coolest agricultural education spots in my biased opinion in the state of Iowa. For sure. All right, so tell us a little bit more. We're sitting in your classroom, yep. but then tell us, you know, kind of where we're sitting, mm -hmm. you know, in Des Moines, obviously. Give us some more background yep. um, just for our listeners, kind yep. of your school district and what that looks like. Yep, so um, the Des Moines Agri-Science Program is part of Des Moines Central Campus. And so Central Campus is a career and technical education institute that all of the Des Moines high schools can come to. So okay. we service all five Des Moines high schools, okay. um, and they're all 4A and bigger, like graduating size of 500 plus yeah. in each of the schools, plus a few surrounding districts. Okay. And so we've got our main location, which is downtown Des Moines, actually not too far away from Landis headquarters. And we're actually located on the south side of Des Moines by Blank Park Zoo. And so here at our location, we've got the classroom space that we find ourselves in now. Mm -hmm. uh, we've got a livestock barn. We have a greenhouse, an orchard. It's a, it's a very hands-on, um, activity-driven space that we have out here. We're very lucky to have these resources. Yeah, well, it is cool. I mean, you kind of, right, like I drove here today mm -hmm. and didn't expect to see what I'm seeing, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's a beautiful little campus here. And um, all right, so tell us just a little bit more about you know, your students, mm -hmm. um, how do they maybe qualify or get into this program? Mm -hmm. um, is there sort of like an application process that they have to go through? Tell us more about that. Yeah, so it's primarily interest-based. Okay. Um, so all kids that are in the five comprehensive high schools for Des Moines schools have a chance to get in this program. There's no lottery system to yeah, it. Good. They talk to their guidance counselor or, you know, a parent or guardian might get a hold of a teacher. And then we give them an interest survey. So we talk about, you know, what kind of classes have you taken in school? Have you done your math and science? What are your career goals? Because we are a career and technical education hub. Mm -hmm. And so we're trying to get these young people prepared for after high school. And so if a young person says, hey, I'm interested in something plant or animal or agriculture related, they usually get into this program. Okay. Um, but some of our demographics out here, we have 78% uh, female. Okay. That's as of last year's uh, school year. So very heavy female dominated. That's crazy. Yeah, 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 which is actually, I mean, we can go on a rabbit trail on that, but that's yeah. a big trend we're seeing in the industry as well as in agricultural education. Um, but right now we are 45% minority. Okay. Um, so the largest group of that 45% is Hispanic. Um, and then we also have African, African American and black students as okay. well out here. Um, none of these kids come from a farm, like 100% urban. Okay. For most of them, the first time they step onto a farm is actually when they walk into the barn or in the greenhouse. So it's it's awesome. It's really cool. Yeah. Gosh. And I just think like for our listeners, mm -hmm. to put that in, into perspective and mm -hmm. I think like the conversation that you and I had before we started this yep. podcast on, um, it's, it's really easy for someone like, you know, even you mm -hmm. and, and myself to work in agriculture when yep. we grew up on a farm. Um, so talk more about... Um, I'd love to know, like, what do conversations look like? So let's say, mm -hmm. you know, a kid says, I'm interested in animal science. Yep. 
yep. you know, what kinds of then things are maybe they, you know, shown and, and mm -hmm. looked into? Tell us a little bit maybe more about your curriculum. Yeah. Um, just because that it's very different, right, than mm -hmm. a FFA chapter maybe in rural Iowa. Yes, yeah. So we like to say out here that agriculture is the context, not the content. Yeah. So what I mean by that is we're teaching them employability skills, life skills, basic things about agriculture, but when you come to a class, it's not a hardcore, we're gonna talk about agronomy or we're gonna talk about really hard animal science. It's an exposure, okay. if you will. Common conversation I have with a student. A student comes to this program and I say, what do you wanna do after high school? And they go, I wanna become a vet. And when I first started teaching, I got so frustrated with that question or that, <laughs> that feedback of like, you think you're gonna be a vet? It's like $250,000 in eight years of school. What I realized after a couple of years of having these conversations is these kids wanna do something with animals, mm -hmm. but in an urban setting, being a vet is the only animal related job. The only exposure probably, yeah. yes. And so then we work with them for, whether we have them for one year or three years, it's exposure. Mm. So a kid might come wanting to be a vet. Well, you're going to also learn about what does it take to be a geneticist. All right, you're going to learn about you know the sales side of anything you know like um, feed sales, yeah, something yeah. like that. Um, but then we're going to also talk about the, the sciences. I mean, we've got great companies in Des Moines. We've got Landis. We've got Kemen. So it's what are the jobs that people like Landis is hiring or mm -hmm. Kemen is hiring for? And so some things that we do to help with that. Uh, we have a career unit that lasts about a month and a half to two months. Okay. Uh, so we do our own career fair here. We have 25 to 30 businesses come in. Oh, very cool. And we tell them, hey, our kids are probably not going to want to intern with you to be chemical applicators. But maybe it's something IT or communications like what we're yeah. doing today. Our kids would be great at that. Uh, we also take them to Iowa State. And Iowa State hosts us for a day. And they just march them through all the different degree options and then career outcomes because we're we're career centered. So it's yeah, it's how do you broaden their horizon? Yeah, um, that's the roundabout answer to your question. Well, for sure, and and just I just love your comment of right. It's um, context mm -hmm. over content. Yes. Um, you know, just thinking back to my days of sitting in a FFA classroom and it was this is this weed mm -hmm. and this is this, you know. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So, no, that's very awesome. Okay, yeah. well, tell us a little bit more. I know we just chatted. Mm -hmm. State Fair is, while we're talking here, coming yeah. up really fast. Yeah. Um, tell us about, because I think our listeners are going to be going to be a little surprised like I was. Mm -hmm. You guys have livestock here. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, kids have projects here. So tell us more about what your kind of upcoming weekish next week looks yeah, like. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, at the time of this recording, tomorrow morning at five o'clock AM, we're going to take <laughs> our first load of pigs to the state fair. And so I've got 15 students that are showing 32 animals. So we've got uh, sheep, we've got goats, pigs, chickens, and rabbits. So they're going to show throughout the two weeks of state fair. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's a really cool opportunity for them because in the world of ag education, we have this term called um, SAE, mm -hmm. Supervised Agricultural Experience. It's like an internship. For those that aren't familiar with it, it's pretty much yeah. an ag internship. And across rural Iowa, it's very common for a young person to be raising livestock for their SAE. Well, here, they can do, they can show livestock here on site. They can raise it. They feed it. They learn about what does it cost to raise a show animal. Uh, they learn what it feels like when you sell that show animal. It doesn't make anything close to what you put into it. Um, <laughs> So they learn that skill. But then we have, I have students that are at Hy-Vee and Fairway interning. I've got students yeah. that are at pet stores. 
it's the same high quality project and program. It just looks different than showing mm -hmm. animals. Um, but it's cool for our students. You know, I've got students that are from the east side of Des Moines and they've gone to the state fair, but they've never been part of the state fair. And yeah. now they're like, I am now part of the fair. Yeah. Um, you get that, that um, crossover of rural and urban Iowa comes together for two weeks. And mm -hmm. it's, it's one of the coolest things for kids to, to light oh, up and, and the pride that they get from showing an animal. For sure. Um, so you talked a little bit about diversity mm -hmm. um, yes. when we first started. And so, you know, I think one thing in, in agriculture that we've we've had struggles with, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And um, it's, it's interesting because it's definitely, right, female forward is moving, yep. is definitely in a forward-moving direction. Yes. But, but talk to us a little bit because we had a conversation before we started recording too that I want to make sure that our mm -hmm. listeners kind of, you know, know and hear about, right, is um, in rural Iowa, we mm -hmm. can often think that ag agriculture is, um, you know, pretty white male dominated. Yes. Yes. So how do we as an industry kind of shift, especially as we think about rural Iowa, mm -hmm. getting some of these non-traditional ag students involved, um, specifically, you know, those that are, you know, more diverse than, yeah. than the multitude of us, get them involved um, mm -hmm. and how do we, you know, get them in the conversation and get, and yeah. get them comfortable, right? Yes. Because I think, I yes. think the one thing you and I chatted about is it's probably very intimidating. Yes, it is. Um, to walk into a place that is, you know, these people maybe grew up on a farm. Mm -hmm. They got a degree in agriculture. Yeah. We throw these words around like yeah. origination yes. or, yeah. you know, yeah. different things like that. And I'm sure these kids have to go, I don't fit here. Yeah. So how do we, you know, as an industry, be really inclusive to, to people that are non-traditional? Yep. Yeah. Um, I think there's two main things and there's also spinoffs to each of them, um, but it comes down to relationships. Mm -hmm. You know, us growing up in rural Iowa, you come from Hancock County, I'm coming from Story County, we knew people that were in agriculture. We could talk to the local feed nutritionist, or yeah. you know, the ag teacher. So there's a relationship there. And many of these students don't have relationships with people that are in agriculture. Mm -hmm. And so that's one of the biggest things. The second thing would be representation. And so like when I have students that are Hispanic or black, it's hard for them to see themselves in agriculture mm -hmm. um, because there's not, in the state of Iowa, there's not many people that are black or Hispanic that are, you know, sitting in a seat like you or, you know, mm -hmm. whatever. And so it's how do we get these students to be able to see themselves doing the different roles? Um, beyond that, though, so there, beyond that is how do we make it so it's like the round, the, the round hole in the square pig. And this is my unfiltered opinion here, but too often agriculture in rural America has been a round hole. And we're taking these urban students that are square pegs and we're like, you're gonna fit to what we believe agriculture is. You're gonna fit to what our industry is and we're not mm -hmm. gonna change for you. Um, and we, we can't operate that anymore because we're losing out on so much talent. I've got so many students that are non-traditional, that are talented, that would be a blessing to any ag company in yeah. the state of Iowa. But we're making them fit a certain mold. We're wanting them to work in certain places, yeah. to do certain tasks, and they don't even see, they can't even see someone like them in that role. What I don't want it to, it could easily become tokenism, and that's not mm -hmm. what I'm looking for. Like, you know, you don't want to hire someone just so you can have a token person and they can they can see you know someone that's hispanic yeah. or african-american in that role but it's how do we as white rural people have relationships have conversations as young people 
and then the representation will come. Yeah. Well, I do think it's interesting, you know, your kind of square hole, you know, or round hole, square peg. Yeah, yeah. There are a lot of things that I probably just do. You know, I grew up on a farm. Mm -hmm. I, I married a farmer. Yeah. There are probably a lot of things and opinions that, right, are just my background, are mm -hmm. just what I've known. Mm -hmm. And so how can we get, you know, we talk a lot about optimization mm -hmm. and, um, you know, things like that at Landis. How can I bring a non-traditional person who doesn't have that huge background like I do and yeah. go, that's super inefficient. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you're like wasting a lot of time and yeah. labor. You could do it this way. Yeah. And so that's what I think is really cool about, you know, this program here mm -hmm. is it's kind of outside eyes yeah. looking in. Yes. Um, so. And, you know, I would think really probably making a lot of historic changes, mm -hmm. you know, down the road as yeah. we think about agriculture. Yeah. Because they don't have this like long bias of, well, that's how my dad did it. Mm -hmm. And my dad does yes. it that way because that's how my yes. grandpa did it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, oh, and it's crazy. also the space that you enter. Um, mm -hmm. Once again, this is my unfiltered opinion here, but in rural Iowa agriculture, we expect those non-traditional urban people to come into our space. Yeah, how intimidating. And, I know, right? <laughs> what would it look like for us to enter their space? I mean, that's one thing. I, I mean, I, I know I'm kind of on the Landis bandwagon here with this podcast, but the fact that Landis has their headquarters, downtown Des Moines, I now have young people that are like, you know what? That's a five minute drive from the house that I grew up in. Yep, yep. That's accessible. So not so much asking these young people to come into the rural space, but enter theirs first, mm -hmm. build that relationship and then say, hey, do you want to move to Garner, Iowa and run this location? Yeah. You know, it's, it's where do you start with that? For sure. Okay, so talk a little bit more, and, and if you have, you know, any any stats, and if you don't, mm -hmm. no worries. Yeah. But, like, what percent do you think of the of the kids that you, you know, kind of teach in, mm -hmm. in your classroom, what percent are maybe going right into the workforce, mm -hmm. um, taking a job maybe in some form of agriculture, and then, you know, what point or what percent maybe are going to, like, an Iowa State or a secondary, you yeah. know, education spot? Yeah. Um, so I don't have those concrete numbers. Yeah, no, that's all um, right. But if I were to take a stab in the dark, I would say when students graduate from high school in this program, um, a graduating senior class will have roughly 25 to 30% will have been accepted into a post-secondary institution, whether that's a community college like DMACC mm -hmm. or whether that's Iowa State. Okay. Um, and then the rest, there's other things like they might go into the workforce um, they might be trying to just still figure out what pathway yeah, they want to go down to. Um, but there's also the money side. Um, the students that I serve, 78% of them come from free and reduced lunch. Mm -hmm. So it's actually a pretty high poverty rate. And people might think, well, you know, that's, that's Des Moines. But rural Iowa has the same yeah. challenges. Um, you know, I've heard statistics in Ringgold County. I think it's not much different than here. Hopefully I don't offend anyone in Ringgold County, but it's, it's similar across the yeah. state other places and so they're wanting to go to school they're wanting to use their knowledge but is it affordable to them and that's a whole nother podcast episode <laughs> yeah, we get you know for sure. um but we definitely have kids that get interested so for example i've we've got a student that just graduated this last year and she didn't know where she wanted to go to school she didn't know what she wanted to major in. and after three years here she's now headed to northwest missouri state oh, and she's going to okay. major in horticulture yeah. She came here. She actually wanted to do animal science. And then she's like, you know what? I don't really enjoy pig, sheep, and goats, which is fine. Yeah. But she's like, I really love those plants. And 
she's probably going to change the world and she's we're going to work for her someday probably <laughs> but just the fact that like she would never have known that and no. um so talk a little bit about your you know kind of um partner in this yeah. in this program yeah. um talk a little bit about you know maybe the horticulture side mm -hmm. just so our listeners can you know maybe hear is there agronomy is it mostly horticulture talk more about that yeah so it's primarily horticulture okay. um, so heidi mant who runs that program she's a phenomenal educator um She's about to start her uh, third year in teaching. Okay. And she is really good about utilizing the space that she has to teach agriculture principles. Yeah. So maybe, you know, maybe some of the listeners did like soil judging when they were in high school. Our kids aren't going to want to do soil judging. <laughs> yeah. I mean, no one wants to get, the, the pits were always wet, you know? I like, mean, does a farm kid like actually want to do that? Not, no, not sure. probably not. I, I didn't enjoy it the most either when I was doing it. <laughs> But you can still learn about soil texture and horizons yeah. and what makes a quality soil in the horticulture setting. And mm -hmm. so that's what she's done. She's taken agronomy principles, doesn't use straight agronomy language, but puts it in a setting that's very digestible yeah. to students. Um, another thing that kids like to do, there's a very strong sense of community and familial ties uh, in our program. That's one of the great things I've learned with working with Hispanic students is they probably have some of the strongest family ties mm. around. It's not uncommon for my Hispanic students to have two, three, four generations living in the same household. And so they want to be able to talk to the older generations about what they're learning out here. And so one interesting thing uh, Heidi's been doing is the orchard project that we're working on. Um, those kids were able to talk about growing apples and they could go home and they could tell their family about it. And then the older generation could say, hey, when I was younger growing up in Mexico, I mean, this happened. I'm not just throwing yeah. hypotheticals. This happened. They're like, oh, we raised these crops and we had these animals. And so that familial tie mm -hmm. is even stronger than also community service. Kids like to give back to the community here. And so she's implemented some stuff we do on the FFA side, community focus. Also with the orchard, we're going to be able to give yeah. stuff back. Um, She's also really good at looking at what skills do kids need in order to go into industry. Mm -hmm. It's no shock to anyone that we're not adding farm ground in the state of Iowa. We're yeah. losing it. Um, and so we look at hydroponics. And so Heidi, as well as Amy Estel, who's our greenhouse manager, they have beefed up our hydroponics because we're looking 10, 15 years down the road. Our young people need to be professionals in that space. Yeah. So yeah. we'll teach you about soil but we're also going to prepare you for the future beyond that stuff. For sure. Okay. And then I think talk a little bit, a, a little bit more about, um, so you said there's four or five school districts that utilize. So, so there's five schools. Five schools. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, sorry. My, yeah. my background is districts, right? So yeah, I yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so talk to us a little bit more. I mean, they, I assume they like take a bus out here. What does they that look do. like? What does your day look like? How much time does each kind of um, class mm -hmm. or, or mm -hmm. school get at this facility. Um, talk to us about that a little yeah. bit Yeah, so we've got, I need to make sure I get them all straight. <laughs> so it's, it's one school district. Um, there's 31,000 kids, K-12, in Des Moines schools. So we're actually closer to size of Iowa State than we are the next high school, which I think would be yeah, Cedar Rapids. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> um, so it's North, East, Hoover, Roosevelt, and Lincoln. Okay. Um, and they're the different, I mean, I'm not going to go through the geography on yeah. them. Uh, but they take a a bus from their home high school to central campus downtown and then they get bussed out here okay and they're out here for half a day 
Okay, and so all the different schools, all those kids are together. Mm -hmm. yeah. So really, it's it's more than just learning about agriculture. It's you know really communicating with others that you wouldn't see day to day. Yes, exactly. Okay. okay. Yeah, and sometimes you get. It's always the funniest thing when we'll get kids from the same schools. I mean, these schools are so big. You're you're almost a number, yeah. not a name. Yeah. And you don't <laughs> learn people's names because your class is so big. And we'll get two kids sitting next to each other. I'll be like, what school do you go to? And like, East. I said, what school do you go to? East. And they turn and look at each other and they go, we go to the same school. Oh, my gosh. And then you find out a couple weeks later, they've been in the same math class for like two, three weeks together. <laughs> they just didn't realize it. Um, I mean, it, the, the melting pot is amazing. Like, mm -hmm. the, the friendships that kids get from the different sides of our city. Des Moines not that big. No, but, um, yeah. But they get... They get super tight bonds. I tell the kids, I care about where you come from, but when you're here, you're a Des Moines agri-science student. Yeah. And, and we've got shirts that they wear, and they, they buy into that. Um, because they spend, it's every day they're with us for at least half a day. And so you really get to know yeah. people well. Um, I mean, those that might have taken an ag class in high school probably got to know your high school ag teacher. And yeah. you, you had Bob up there and yeah. Donner, and I had John at Gilbert. Really got to know our ag teachers. And they get to know us well but they get to know each other even better. Yeah. Um, so they'll start out with, um, for example, I'll have half the kids. We'll do animal science for one day, and the next day they're with Heidi okay. doing horticulture. And so it's a holistic approach to education, uh, whether it's animal science and horticulture, but they're also we're also doing um, career planning. We're doing mm. leadership skills, um, communication skills, social-emotional learning. Yeah. Um, We'll sprinkle in some math, some science, some English, some geography every now and then too. Yeah. Gosh, this is just, I hope that our listeners are, are actually like really, really fathoming this. Yeah. I, I think it's kind of hard until you like actually talk to you yeah. and, and really figure out all the different, the different, the different little loops that mm -hmm. there is. Yeah. Um, but I mean, the biggest thing that I wanted to talk, talk to you about, I think, and, and yeah. I think we covered it a little bit, but you know, there's a lot of people, I think, um, that listen to our podcast that are either farmers or mm -hmm. in agribusness. Yes. Um, and so just the point that, you know, I really want to kind of hit home and then mm -hmm. we'll wrap up here is, right, yeah. like, let's talk about again. You've got somebody that did not grow up on a farm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How do we welcome them into this community? How do we prepare them um, and get them ready? If they're wanting to work in agriculture, mm -hmm. you know, how do we extend an open arm and say, yeah. you're welcome here, yeah. right? Like, we need all the help that we can get in this industry. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it goes back to entering their space. Yeah. And then um, also knowing who the gatekeepers are. I mean, you're a grain buyer for Landis. When you go into a meeting with um, some farmers, maybe a farm family, you probably figure out quickly, who is the per who's really the person making decisions? Decision maker, yeah. Right? And for many of our students, whether we're talking about students that are white or black or Hispanic or, you know, whatever, it's it's there's the family connection. Mm -hmm. And so if you can get mom, dad, grandma, grandpa, whoever on board, the kid will show up. Yeah. And so in their community, wherever they are in the state of Iowa, identify what is that place. G do you need to be going to the church? Mm. Do you, is there a community organization that you need to be reaching out to to touch base with the older generation to get their kids excited and then for them to come around? The next thing is make yourself seen yeah. with these kids. Um, you know, I don't look like, I don't sound like, I don't dress like all the students in my program, but they at least see me. Yeah. And they can have a conversation. So... You know, maybe this is a call to action to volunteer in your community. Yeah. 
be in the high school ag classroom. Don't be a guest speaker all the time because honestly, most guest speakers are kind of boring. <laughs> but could you collaborate with the ag teacher on a lesson about whatever? Yeah. Um, I know I'm getting in the weeds on this, but you know, the greatest connector of people that I've found is food. Mm. If I have a hard time open, or talking to a kid, getting them to open up, I start talking about food. We're going to be doing a unit during Hispanic Heritage Month, and it's going to be centered around food. It's going to be within the first um, 45 days of school. You're still getting to know each other, and we're going to talk about food. And I'm going to build that relationship. Yeah. We're going to have representation, but we're going to talk about food. So make yourself available. Enter in their space. And food is always a great yeah. unifier with kids. Well, I think that's a great call out. I mean, I think um, whether in rural Iowa or right here yeah. in, in Des Moines, like, Agriculture needs way more volunteers. Mm -hmm. um, we need way more people involved in agriculture. So, yeah, yeah I would definitely say that's a, that's a great call out. Get yeah. involved with your local FA chapter mm -hmm. or, or somewhere else because um, most of us are not getting any younger. I don't yeah. know anyone that is. Yeah, yeah no. <laughs> so, no. When you figure that out, quit your I'll job you know, and then, yeah, yeah, yeah patent that. <laughs> well, anything else that you want to make sure that our listeners know about, you know, what's going to be happening here this year or, or anything else you want to be adding? Yeah, um, we're very excited about this upcoming year. We're looking at finishing our aquaponics lab. Um, we're going to increase our hydroponics lab as well. We've got our store that's always open as well. We've got some new units that are coming down the pipe as far as education. Like I said, we're going to be doing um, 30 days celebrating Hispanic Heritage Month, which is September 15th to October 15th. Uh, and then during the month of February is uh, Black History Month. Mm. And so we do a unit on uh, New Farmers of America, which is NFA. Okay. Um, and we just, we have some really fun topics and units that are kind of outside the ordinary. Yeah. Um, but we're excited for these kids that are coming. We have 125 faces that are going to be joining our program oh, this boy. year. And honestly, beyond that, I have no idea what's going to happen after the second day of school. So we're just going <laughs> to roll with it, you know. Yeah. It'll, it'll I feel be, like you would have to in your oh, career. You have to. You have to. Flexibility. Like, yes, key. yes. Yeah, if you can't be flexible, don't be a teacher. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Kevin, yeah. for joining us today. Um, thanks for our listeners for listening in. Um, and if you're listening to this and thinking, um, I've heard Lana's talk about our innovation connectors lately. Um, we've got two. Um, and so make sure that if you're not signed up, be signed up for our September event. Um, and be sure to get on the website, get signed up for that, and check for any other events that are coming up as well.